Wicked Deep is not an ordinary podcast about dating. Let's Get Wicked Deep is a dating podcast where tough questions are asked and honest answers are given. It's a place to begin meaningful conversations and lasting impressions. Let's Get Wicked Deep, a healthy dating resource. Welcome to another episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast. On today's show, I'm super excited because we're doing a podcast, what I I thought about it today, a podcast crossover is what I'm calling it, Um, because I was on this podcast recently, which was so much fun, Um, and now, of course, they're joining me on my podcast, so I'm welcoming um, the hosts and creators of So Horrified. We have Matt and Sarah with us, and they have this amazing podcast on the Pod, uh, the Pod Breed Network. Um, and they talk about horror shows that are not really horror shows. I guess like spoof horror shows. But um, so welcome, you guys. Thank you so much for coming on my show today. Oh, thank you. Thank for you. Having us. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah, I'm excited because the thing we have in common was um, Primal Rage. Right. <laughs> yes. Like, what? Anyway. <laughs> Like wow, that was so crazy. Um, so I was on this show. We talked about that movie, Primal Rage, and it was. I guess we could talk about it, but we won't because we'll get way off topic. But right. <laughs> um. So when I was going on their show, I was interested to find out because when we did like intros and stuff, that um, Sarah was in a toxic relationship at one point in her life, and now she's what I assume to be happily married to Matt because. You don't do a podcast with someone you don't like. Um, so, right. Um, so in talking, we actually got to talking about toxic relationships and, and different things like that. And finding out that you, Sarah, were in something toxic and now you're in a healthy marriage. So I'm yeah. excited about this because I don't find a lot of people who can, like, I guess, pull that off. So I wanted to ask and you know, both of your opinions on this, because we're lucky enough to have Matt with us tonight, because not a lot of men want to talk about this, because after the person that they're with has been in something toxic, it's not something they really want to, like, discuss. But so we're going to have you, Sarah, start us off a little bit about how you were able to get out of your toxic relationship. Okay. Um, And I mean, it's not a big deal. I go by Sadie. Um, but Sarah is like, I'll answer to both, but <laughs> you know why I'm calling you Sarah because of the, um, the, um, message I got from your daughter the other day. Yes. 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 And it says Sarah, right. So Sadie, everybody it's Sadie. I'm so sorry. No, no worries. I mean, like I say, I, I answer to both, uh, Sadie's, you know, a nickname and I just cling on to that more because mostly because it helps me stand out a little bit in the sea of Sarah's that are everywhere. <laughs> I get that. Cause I'm a Kelly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, funny. Um, so leaving my relationship, it's hard. Cause it kind of worked in phases. <laughs> um, but essentially like what kind of, put me in a place and in a position where I felt like maybe, well, okay, (laughs) let me put it like this. So, you know, we were talking about before we started recording and everything that a lot of people who have toxic relationships in adulthood, you know, had toxic 
something or other, you know, familial relationships or friendships mm -hmm. or anything like that beforehand. And so just basically due to the nature of my childhood and, and, and how I grew up and my early twenties and everything, I, I had like zero self-esteem. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really, I felt like I owed everyone an apology for my just purely existing. Mm -hmm. um, and like, and just, I don't know, I kept, I kept finding, I had been told so many awful things about myself and had been, if I ever complimented myself at all, even as a young child, if I was like, oh, I did really well with that or something, there was always someone to come along and be like, oh, you're really conceited. You're so full of yourself, you know, yourself like, and just to where you start to think that anyone who you meet, who seems to think you're great too, mm -hmm. is obviously something's wrong and they don't really know you that, oh, they seem to really like me for who they think I am. They're just, I'm tricking them. I'm fooling them. And they obviously don't really know me. And so then the people who are like, yeah, you've got some good qualities, but mostly you're trash are the ones who you're like, oh, okay, you see me for who I am, because that's what I've always been told is I'm trash. So obviously you're the person I need to be with and go along with and, and talk to because you're going to help make me a better person. Um, and honestly, it was, you know, it's so it's so weird, because it's very random. Um, but you know, I used to be a teacher and I worked at a Montessori school and they sent me to get my Montessori training. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I think part of it is just the nature of the way all of that works and stuff. But also part of it was um, my child was out there with me and she was very young um, at the time. She was just under two. Um, no just under one. Um, and, uh, I went out there and I was very amazed by all these people who I opened up to. And even as, cause we went through this process where we talked about like our adolescence and stuff, since we would be, um, teaching adolescents. And I opened up and started showing some of these like shameful parts of myself and, the most amazing thing happened where they like accepted me and loved me even through all of that. And, mm -hmm. and like, um, we would do these exercises where we would, you know, say, Oh, this is what I see in you. And, um, and you know, they would, the things that they reflected back that they said that they saw in me were all the things that I thought I, that I always saw in myself and thought that I was, but was told, no, that's not what you're like. You're, mm -hmm. you know, like the person who was described to me by people who I now know did not have my best interest at heart was not the person I thought I was. And so when they started to reflect back the same person I was seeing, um, and just were so loving and kind about mm -hmm. just, like, okay, that's, you know, you went through this stuff. You doesn't, you're not a bad person. Like, you know, and, um, I don't know. That was the very first time that I felt like 
I felt like all these mirrors that I had up that were like funhouse mirrors is kind of how I thought about it is mm-hmm. that I had all these funhouse mirrors that were reflecting back to me this image I had been told was me, but I never truly felt was me. And then all of a sudden that started to, those started to break and they started to shatter. And I started to really see myself for who I was. And then that helped me to start seeing the world and the people around me differently. And so I say it was a long process and it happened in phases because that, that started right before my daughter's um, like first birthday. Um, And it was, it was like another, it took like another year for me to really find the strength to, to leave and accept that I deserved a certain kind of love and relationship um, that I just never really thought was possible before, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of like over the course of that year, I did a lot of inner work of just trying to figure out who the hell am I, if I'm not defined by what these people say, you know, am I, how do I define myself? And um, just kind of going on that journey um, and then therapy and stuff, you know, (laughs) and um, really, I don't know, like, that's kind of how I always think about is that I felt like I was really seeing the world for the first time, especially when a professional therapist sat across from me and was like, yeah, you're telling me all these things that you're, that you've been told to believe yourself. And in these sessions that we've done, I don't see even a trace of any of that. And I was like, wait, really? So I'm not just lying to myself (laughs) to make myself feel better. I'm not this horrible human being. They're like, no. (laughs) And, um, and that it was just, you know, it's like people often talk about a big aha moment or a big revelation, but I feel like, I feel like there were a lot of revelations along the road. I mean, I feel like I'm still having revelations, you know, it's been five, six years and I feel like I'm still learning new things of like, oh wait, so that's not normal or that's (laughs) not the way everyone is. (laughs) Like, um, so it's definitely a process, but I guess that, that, so that long story short, I guess is kind of (laughs) the process of how I, I, got myself to the leaving part. It's amazing how, um, how when we grow and the things that we experience when we're kids really just kind of like define us and we don't know any better. Whereas I myself come from six kids and I was the black sheep to the point where even today, and I'm like 97 that I'm still blamed from my siblings for things that I have nothing to do with. So 
it's, mm-hmm. it's insane how that kind of happens, but mm-hmm. getting, I think getting out and having the, the realizations. And I love that it was at a Montessori school because all three of my kids went to Montessori school and it was oh. the best. Oh, I and love Montessori. Like, yeah. It just, it doesn't surprise me because they're like the best people. Um, <laughs> so, and a lot of your story is so, so relatable. It just gave me a lot of chills um, <sighs> because I, I don't know you very well. We've never met in person, right. but like you seem to be just such a, an amazing person from the times that we did talk, you know, and like easy to talk to and funny. Like when your, when your daughter called the other day and left that message, I was like, oh my gosh. And, you know, and it was, it was did so tell cool. you about that, Matt? Yes. It was like fun to connect with you on that level, you know, where it was yeah. like, just like easy and like, you know, whatever, but the apologizing for just existing is, is really tough. So once mm-hmm. you made that decision and once you said having these rev- like revelations and I agree, I still learn things now and I've been out for such a long time but um when was it that you felt like okay I feel like a whole human and I'm ready to start dating again how did how was that for you (laughs) who um well okay so here's the thing (laughs) I didn't quite have that full moment right but like it's funny because people talk about that and stuff and I'm sure for a lot of people, it's probably go the way that it goes or should go or whatever is that you do most of that healing and then you start dating. I had done, you know, I'd been, it'd been like a year or so of doing this inner work healing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not out like dating for long. And I really, I hesitate to even call it like dating. I really was more in interested in like, I wanted to see kind of what was out there. I was like dipping my toe in the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so the funny story with Matt and I Ooh. is that we knew each other um, before all this. We worked together um, years before this, um, not for the four years like we we only worked together like less than one year yeah but we had worked together and we were like friends on Facebook or whatever um and so um I like we ended up I don't know just kind of reconnecting and like I said I said it actually at our wedding in our vows that um I feel like I had made a choice the night before like our first date because I knew with Matt because remembering just the kind of person he was and how freaking adorable he is and everything. I am adorable. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that. I saw the blog post. (laughs) I knew that, that I, I wouldn't be, but that I would want that I would absolutely just fall in love with him. I just, I knew that from, um, I guess I'm trying to sit here and play it cool, but like, honestly it's like I knew I was like I was like if you start talking to this guy like you're absolutely gonna fall in love with him Mm -hmm. um like um and I mean I don't know I'm still I'm still you know the jury's still out on that but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) I did um and so I I know I was scared going into it because I still had so much healing to do, but the weird thing about it, and 
And actually, like my therapist who just um, we moved a couple of years. Oh no, I unplugged the mic. No, it says mic in. Okay, good. Um, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, the um, uh, I love and miss her, but even she, you know, was talking. She talked, you know, me through it as we were going through the dating and everything. Um that there's so much of the healing that I've done that I don't know that I would have, I would have, I don't know that I'd be at the point I am now if it wasn't for Matt, mm -hmm. because, you know, he has a very, I don't know. Well, and you know, babe, I love I'm like, a, I'm a human ointment. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'd love to give you all the credit, but it's not entirely to you, Matt, because it's also your family of once I met his family after, you know, we've been dating a few months and I just saw the way his family was around each other. And it's it just all of it was just. I guess all of that opened my eyes to being like, oh, no, wait. So re people really do like love each other in this way. Like Aww. people really do like accept each other for who they are. Like, you mean you're just going to accept me and you're not going to sit here and try to change me or tell me that I'd be better if I did this or, or no, they, they tell me all that stuff after. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> you are so full of shit. Um, <laughs> no. Um, but like, I mean, I think a lot of it just in even just the validation thing of some things that that I I would either tell him about or just some things that he would see and witness in how certain people would treat me. And or in stories I would tell and he would be like, what? Why would they? That's horrible. And I'd be like, oh, wait, OK, so that's not normal to you. That's not what you've experienced. He's like, no, like, <laughs> I wouldn't be OK with this. And I was like, OK, so I was valid and being upset that that's how I was treated. And he's like, yes, that's not OK. I'd be like, oh, okay, good. That was actually them on a good day. Let me tell you about the actual bad stuff. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it's interesting to share with somebody, uh, like, especially if it's a mom, like it's had people who have these great moms that love them. And mm -hmm. you tell them like, oh, my mom did this. It's like, you got to be making this up because moms don't do yep. this. Oh no. Oh no. Moms do do things. And when you said this was, you know, on a, a good day, uh -huh. I can't imagine like what the bad days look like because some of the stuff I'm just like, mm -hmm. what the heck? Like, and it's not just the mom, obviously it's the family and the people that kind of get in on it. And then, yeah, you seem to, not you, but people seem to attract like the, the broken ones that come in and just use you as like a punching bag. And we just yep. accept it. Cause it's like, well, yeah, this is what it's I'm normal to you. Be. Yeah. Like I'm right. supposed to be treated like crap. Like, Oh, you're punching me? Of course you're punching me. Why wouldn't you be doing that? And it's it's interesting to try to explain this to a healthy person. So for you, Matt, what was that like on your end? It sounds like you probably came from something a little bit more healthy versus like say what the two of us have been through. So what was that like for you experiencing that on your end and hearing these things from the woman that you love? Um. It was, it was, 
shocking to hear some of it, I suppose, at first, um, because like she said, she would tell me these things that she thought were just part of growing up and, and how families treat each other or how people in relationships treat each other and having to be like, no, that's not <laughs> normal in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, I had gotten out of like a bad relationship myself not long before um her and i got together and all relationships before me were bad let's be honest were, no, I'm were, like this one particular was a lot of arguing and fighting and that was just never something that any relationship i had been in before it had and so i don't know i was able to kind of use that and come at it from a sympathetic angle but oh you sound a little yeah. staticky Oh, did we get a little staticky? Yeah. Oh. Is that better? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> we can I somehow unplugged come again. Slightly unplugged. Okay. Um but I don't know. She she's uh easy to love. So you want to help her, you know, cute. see that's... that that's how she should be seeing herself. Yeah. Me stinker. <laughs> that is so that is like it is so nice to hear it's nice to hear like the two of you kind of like going you know like back and forth and it, it's such a it's like a comforting kind of hopeful kind of feeling for so many people where it's like you know we're so used to something so bad that when something is nice we question it like what, yeah. what's your ulterior motive and I just finished my second book and I wrote in there about the person I've been with and how throughout the book I noticed this theme of me questioning what is his ulterior motive why Mm -hmm. is he hanging out with me what does he actually want from me and at the end of the day it's like he just wants to be with me but it's why like why would you want to be with me like what is so great about me and you know it's it's a one of those things where it's it's a hard thing to like learn Um, it really is well and I like I mean I still sometimes struggle with it of just being like why do you put up with me and like all this crap and like you could, you know, have a much easier life or whatever. Um, And when we first started going, I will say it definitely helped me like that. I was in therapy, like I had started therapy and I actually found a therapist I really liked. Like I keep going back to that because I've had so many therapists that I've actually had therapists who in themselves were toxic, at least to me that they, Mm -hmm perpetrated some of the trauma that I'd, I'd gone through. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, just like, there was one lady I'll never, like, I don't remember her name. I blocked it out, but I'll never remember, forget like her face and how she, like, um, I was going through, uh, someone like harassing me and, and, um, just being incredibly inappropriate with me in a workplace. And I was complaining to her about it and just like crying and was like, why does this seem like it always happens to me? Like I've just, I, I've been through this same thing so many times. And she's like, well, it's you, it's the way you are. She's like, you're all like smiley with men. And she's like, if I was a guy, I'd have a boner right now, the way you're sitting. And I'm like, first of all, you're not a guy. So like, I'm like, whatever. What? You're a doctor. Don't say boner. Right? Yeah. Like not believe 
like, and, but I was because of the place that I was in, in my mind, of course I reverted in to myself. And I definitely went into like a dissociative state. I didn't know it at the time that that's what that was. I learned much later that that's what I was doing, but, um, and just went very internal because I, there it was, is it therapist, a licensed professional sitting there telling me I'm the problem and I'm the reason why people are horrible. And so it just made things like, God, that was, that was the beginning of, around the beginning of my last toxic relationship too, when I think about it. Um, and so it, uh, so I was really excited to find a very good therapist who seemed to understand a lot. And um, I actually did EMDR therapy um, for PTSD. Mm-hmm. And that was super helpful. But yeah, um, between her and journaling, because I would go through and I'd be like, okay, I'm having this feeling where I'm like, getting really snippy with Matt for no reason. Like, what is it? Why am I angry or something? And I'd be like, Oh, because you're fucking scared. (laughs) Like, because, you know, I was terrified that, that he was gonna just leave me. And so I would start to try to do like self-preservation thing of like, Oh, we'll see. I'm just gonna like show him this ugly side and, and push and stuff. But then, you know, I journal and be like, oh, okay, but that's not what I should be doing because mm-hmm. this is why you're doing, it, you know, um, yeah. which really helped me to be, to not fall into, you know, cause we all, we learn coping strategies when we're in toxic relationships or with a toxic upbringing or, or any kind of trauma and stuff like that. And some of the coping mechanisms we learn are toxic in themselves, you know, mm-hmm. um, like my wanting to push him away and, or, you know, test the boundaries and stuff. Um, Little do you know, I have no boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Which helps. That always helps. (laughs) He lies. He lies. Um, But, uh, you know, it, um, I don't know, all of that, all of that helps. So like, it's not, it's not like I did all this work before the relationship and then suddenly I was better and we were together and everything was perfect the whole time and magical. I mean, it's magical. I'll, I'll be honest, but you know, um, is that there was a lot of work beforehand, but a lot of work and learning after too, of just learning. This is, how relationships are supposed to be and can be. Um, you know, I always, people always use that, that line, you know, relationships take work, you know, you don't run away at the first sign of trouble or whatever. And it's like, I, I mean, I see that there is work that goes into a relationship, but when I feel like when you're with the right person, it doesn't feel like work, at least in the way that it felt like work when it, and it was a toxic relationship and it feels yeah. like you're banging your head against the wall and nothing is changing. Nothing ever gets better. Yeah. It feels less like work and more like making progress. Which yes. people yeah. like. Yes. Nobody likes to work. Right. You like the result. And so when you just, you notice the good results, that's better than thinking like, yeah, you have to treat it like a job or something. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's like when you're in a toxic relationship, it's trying to move something uphill by yourself. But then when you're in something healthy, the other person helps you and you do make progress and it feels completely different. So it's, it's interesting because there's, I think a part of me and, you know, other people that have kind of gone through the toxic relationship stuff kind of feel like once I get into something, it's going to be healthy. It's going to be great. I know for me, I thought, okay, I, I did my healing. I'm great. Now I can date. Uh-huh. Not realizing like, oh yeah, no. Like you've made it, you've made it to level two. And it's like, <laughs> wait, what? So it's like, yeah, you can heal to get yourself like to be like basic human again, you know, like cleaning up all the mess that you were born into. But now, hello, welcome, you know? And it's like, okay, pick your weapons. Like, wait, what? And then you go into dating and like on my end, I started dating unhealthy and it was like a carnival of situations I found myself in. But then once I started to really, really heal and then put off dating for a little bit and then dated healthy, it was so different. But now that I got into like level three, which is like a a relationship, it's like now you get to kind of, you know, pick your player and it's like, oh my gosh. So you kind of go through different things because now you have still some stuff that you have from toxic relationship, toxic family, toxic friends. But on top of it, it's like relationship stuff too. Mm -hmm. So, but the good news is that I want like everyone to know is like, like just listening to you guys talk and like know that you've both been in some kind of relationships that weren't, you know, always perfect, always healthy, blah, blah. But you met someone and found someone that you can go on this journey with. That is like, I think the biggest takeaway from it where it's like, you know, here I am doing this, but now I'm not doing this alone. You know, it's absolutely no, no one's fixing each other, but it's like, you know, you're kind of going down this path, fixing myself. Maybe you'll feel like, you know, the remnants of it, but we're still going to get through this. And I think that's like the biggest thing. And so many people turn to other toxic people right. and they just continue to be toxic. But the fact that you did a lot of healing before this allowed someone amazing. Don't let that get to your head, Matt, but let someone. <laughs> it already has. It's, uh, <laughs> my right. ego is uncontrollable. I know. I can feel it in the room. Um, now there are four of us here. But, <laughs> you know, it's like now that you did find that you both found someone amazing to walk this journey with. It's, it's hot woman, you know, it gives hope and comfort to so many other people where it's like, we're not going to be perfect. We're never going to be fully healed. Right. But that doesn't mean we're not deserving of this amazing love. And Absolutely. I think that's just awesome. You know, I think that's just so inspiring for both of you and for like everyone else that's going to be listening where it's like, so you're telling me I can go through something horrible, recover as much as I can and still be loved. Right. What, you know, like what's the catch? Nothing. Right. Gonna- exactly just going to put the work in, you know, on the front end and then allow yourself to feel love and listen to your gut when you need to, you know? Right. Oh, for sure. And I used to like go through in my, like I'd put like red flags in my notebook, not red flags I saw with Matt, uh-huh. like red flags, common red flags from toxic relationships and red flags that I sh- that I wish I had seen, you know, I mean, I don't, w- cause you know, what things worked out, however they worked out and I'm happy with where I am now. So it's like, I always say, like, I hate to go back and just wish the past away, but like, mm-hmm. 
Um, but you know, I would write down red flags and I'd go through it like almost like a checklist of, okay, does he do this? No. Does he do this? No. Does he do this? No. No. Does he do this? No. Oh, okay. We're good. We're good. We're still good. We're still good. I'm not lying to myself. I'm not deluding myself, you know, because that's one of the things too, that I had to learn is that, um, you know, often coming out of these kinds of relationships, we can feel like we were duped and, Mm -hmm. and that we were, you know, and you start to feel like, how can I trust anybody? Because, it's like, oh, this seemed like it was really great. And then all of a sudden it's like it wasn't, but that's mm-hmm. not the reality of what it was. That's how it felt at the time going through it. But that's because for so long, at least for me, it was like, okay, I can, I, yes, I see this red flag, but I'm, I'm going to forgive it. I shut, you know, I'm shutting it down. It's, Maybe it's a one-time thing. Maybe it's a three-time thing, but Mm -hmm. it's got to be something with me. If I change the way I react to it or the way I'm acting, then things will get better. Okay, so I've changed the way I've acted like five times, and that hasn't changed anything. Maybe if we try this, it'll work, you know? And like just giving the, not taking a red flag the way you're supposed to take a red flag of being like, oh, there's like six red flags here. Maybe I need to slow the rock down, right? Yeah. There'd be dragons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And instead yeah. seeing all these red flags and being like, oh, you know, treating it like a yellow flag, I guess. Really. Right. right. Um, yeah. Walking into a bunch of red flags and being like, oh, it's a festival. Exactly. You know, like, this exactly. Is like, this is going to be great. It's interesting because it's like once you, I think once you figure out like what the red flags are, and at first for me anyway, it was, is this a red flag or is this just like, you know, something that I maybe am overthinking. Is this a flaw, a red flag right. or a flaw? Yeah. And when I started dating the person that I've been with for a little bit, it was like, hey, what is what? What is right. uncommon for him? You know, what is not? So I started kind of going through them and like, okay, recognizing what it is. Of course, we do compare to what it was like with the toxic exes because, right? you know, it's like, okay, he's not doing this and he's not doing that. And it's really difficult to kind of, figure it out but with the other person giving you reassurance mm-hmm. that helps a ton because reassurance was something that we don't usually get in the toxic relationships absolutely it's, you know like you're I think you're cheating on me or you're talking to someone else you're crazy wait what but if you say that to a healthy person it's like no I'm not past the mustard you know where it's a very <laughs> confident sort of like no I'm giving you reassurance I like you like you know and it's, yes it's, had to accept it first, but it's something I feel, especially people who have been abused in that way, need a little bit more of. And the more reassurance they get, the more like level-headed they feel and the more trust can build and the more that they see this is a safe person. And if you are not used to giving reassurance to someone in a relationship, then it seems like, oh, you might be too needy. You know, you got to figure yourself out. And it's like, well, I want to do this journey with you these are the things that I need. And right. it's, I think it's hard for people who have been in these relationships to even ask for that kind of help. You know, Absolutely. And, yeah. And to say, Hey, this you is feel like a burden. You do. You asking for help is weakness and it's like, figure it out. And you're so used to being kind of left in the cold. Right. Absolutely. No, yeah. I a hundred percent. Like, I mean, I always say that I felt, lonely my 
entire life and could be in a room full of people and still feel completely alone mm-hmm. until I met Matt and felt like it was someone who actually genuinely connected with me, cares about me and, and was, is so ready to support me. And it's just such a foreign feeling. Now yeah. she wishes I would leave her alone once in a while. <laughs> Which is good. That's healthy too. So that's good. Right. Yeah, get, yeah. Wow. And it, and it also, it helped me. I feel like that also helped me. Um, not, I don't think reinforce is the word I'm thinking, but like there were some friendships and stuff in my life that I feel I had neglected for a long time because I was uncomfortable with that, that kind of supportive, oh no, I really like you kind of feeling and like, and going through that kind of helped me reconnect with some of those friends that I'm like, I mean, I always like that. I kept around like, like my best friend, like, I mean, she and I have known each other for over 20 years and, um, you know, she's always been there for me, but then I don't know. It's like, I feel like maybe it's part, partly also because when there are these people who seem to like you, you kind of don't want to let them all the way in because you're like, no, if you really saw me, you wouldn't like me anymore. So I'm going to keep you at arm's length because then you're going to keep liking me. Or this might all still be a trick. It's been 20 years, but this might be a very (laughs) elaborate prank. Right. You pretending to be my friend this whole time. And you know what? It's so true. It's like, it's crazy because when I got my first book deal, I'm not even lying about this. I was convinced that it was my mom that was posing as the publisher that she was going to set up this whole thing as the publisher, fake it, fake it. And then I was going to go to the side of my book tour and she was going to come out and laugh at me. (sighs) And I said that to my friend and my friend said to me, you know what, if your mom went through all of this, you got to give her credit, you know? (laughs) And we kind of started laughing. It's like, yeah, he's like, cause that's elaborate. (laughs) If you went through all that just to make you look like a jerk, then you just need to give her credit. And I was like, yeah, that actually would have been insane. But it's so crazy how we think along those lines. Right. We doubt. We would, yeah, we would everything. not put it past them. Yeah, like 20 mm-hmm. year anniversary being friends. Sucka. You never know. <laughs> right. You know, you just never know. And here's the tell all, you know. Right. Well, well, and, yeah. And so learning to like accept that and like, oh no, the people who like me for me are to be treasured and that I'll open up to her and show her things that I hadn't been sharing with her and see what, and it just made our friendship grow. And now, now I just can't imagine her not being my friend, you know? And so it's, it's, it is funny because I do feel like we do that. And that's how, you know, um, I know a lot of people when dealing with breaking out of toxic relationships, you know, you realize that you're stuck in these cycles that, or like a lot of people who, you know, I was talking to as I was going through the healing process and everything, you start to look around and you're like, oh shit, I'm like surrounded by these people. <laughs> like mm-hmm. there are toxic people all around me. And yeah. it through the healing process, you start to realize that it's not that you're, you know, magnetized and drawing them to them. It's that's what we're used to. So we're yes. accepting treatment that other people, 
you know, would walk away from. And then the people who are, you know, genuinely loving and kind, we fear because we don't know that it's, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. It's very uncomfortable. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect from you. You're like smiling at me and telling me you love me. And like, yeah. I don't know, being nice and forgiving me for my mistakes. I don't understand this world and I'm not comfortable in it. Just yell at me and break something. (laughs) They don't know where I'm at. (laughs) And like, and yeah. And so we have to learn to like live with that, not just live. I don't mean live with that uncomfortableness, but sit with it for a little while until you, Mm. and what starts happening or at least what happened has been happening for me is then you start to get so used to that, that love and support and having other healthy people around you who aren't just, you know, like, uh, I guess kind of takers versus, you know, like you have people who can stand on their own two feet and aren't just constantly like, you need to do this for me. You need to do this for me. If you don't do this for me, you know, then you're the worst person in the world. You know, like you start to, those kinds of people start to really stick out and exhaust you. And you realize, you know, you kind of, you're able to reverse that, that circle and that cycle to where you're surrounding yourself with other wonderful, like, kind, healthy people who, I mean, I, I don't want to say healthy, like in that, you know, I mean, well, first of all, I've got chronic illnesses, so there's nothing healthy about me, but like, um, but you know, I mean, in that not toxic in Mm -hmm. how they treat people, yeah, you know, um, that and respectful of other people's needs and boundaries. Um, and And it's just, it's really, I don't know. It's really, it's really weird how it turns those things around, but it's also really, really freaking cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's amazing how you can go from like one way to something completely different and it does take time. What you said in the beginning about phases, it's such a true thing where it's, we're not going to start healing and talking about this stuff. And then all of a sudden be totally fine it's going to happen in phases and we have to get comfortable with a lot of this stuff which is which is difficult to do and with the relationship that I've been in he hasn't yelled at me it's been almost two years and I'm just like when is it coming I don't know that it is you know he's he's, right has no reason to yell he hasn't called me a name I haven't been called a name in a very long time and I think if someone called me a name now I would probably throw up Right. It would just be like, okay, I'm starting to get used to not being in something toxic and something abusive that if I now started to go around that again, I would probably get sick. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Like, like, you know, I chuckle when you say the (laughs) Matt and I call each other names all the time, but in jest. (laughs) Well, yeah, I'm sure you're not dropping the C-bomb on each other. Right. No, we're not, not. Right. like right. We, kidding. That's my favorite one. Shut up. I know. <laughs> I know right? Yeah. I mean, if that's, no. your thing, that's your thing. No judgment, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> we jokingly, you know, like he laughs because I call him an ass like at least 15 times a day, but mm-hmm. like, 
lovingly. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, yeah. If I just looked at him and said, Matthew, then he'd be like, uh oh. Like, yeah. That's <laughs> weird. <laughs> like, I'm sure. Yeah. That. <laughs> I'm sure there's a, t- a pl- like a way you guys can like tell or whatever. And right. Something, you know, so terrible. Like, it's like, you know, I mean, it was when I was in my toxic relationship, he would call me, oh my gosh, I don't, can't even tell you, I guess as more of like a pet name, he would call me fuckface. Oh, and God. it was like, what? And he would sit with me all the time. And I'm like, oh, and he would be angry and he would call me that. And I'm just like, why am I staying with this? And I'm like, oh, well, this, you don't deserve any better, you know? So it's right. like, you know, love him harder. Maybe he'll stop calling you that, you know, you're earning this name. You need to do something, be a better person, you know, whatever. And now it's like, man, I haven't been called a name in like in that sense in such a long time. And right. I don't know. It's it's a good way to live now where you're with somebody that cares about you and then respects you and will show up if you need them and take your call. Right. And you know, if you go out with your friends, they're not gonna accuse you of sleeping with somebody on the bus or whatever, you know? And it's right. like, what? I mean, when in my toxic relationship, he was convinced that I went to the gym specifically to join orgies. Oh God. It's the gym. You know, right? now the guy that I'm with, he's like, oh, how was your workout today? And at first I was like, uh, and then he's like, what'd you work on? Well, I wasn't in an orgy. If that's what you're asking. Right. And it's like, well, you no, know, why, so why would I be asking that? Yeah. yeah it's so crazy. Now I'm wondering. No, I'm just yeah. It's like, it's like so different, but I'm going to have to end this and wrap it up. Cause we're almost out of time here. And I'm oh, like, yes. I have to end, but thank you both so so much for sharing your story I know it's not always easy but I appreciate it so much and I'm so excited about um, sharing this with everyone so you are actually going to be giving so many people hope and just like you know excitement for a happy ending and I think that's amazing absolutely that's what we're here for (laughs) (laughs) no I do I like to tell people that 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 kind of love, like where you feel supported and have a partner, that's not fantasy. Like I believed for so long, like that's real. It, it's out there. Yes. I def- I could not agree more with this and I can relate to so much of this. And I'm, yeah. so, I'm happy for both of you that you found each other. Thank you. We're happy I, too. Yeah. I'm glad you're happy. Well, thank you guys again so, so much. And I will definitely, you know, when this comes out and we will talk very, very soon. And I definitely want to send you a copy of my book. Oh, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. I can't wait to see your reaction, see how much we actually have in common before the toxic relationship. So yeah, right. we'll definitely, um, we'll definitely connect, but thank you guys so, so much. Thank you for having us yeah, on. Thank you. you are welcome. I'll talk soon. Okay. For okay. Sure. Okay. Bye. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed today's episode of Let's Get Wicked Deep, a dating podcast. To find out more information about anything you heard on today's show, please check out BeBraveCoaching.org. 